Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Over the Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your anxiety disorder through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. Welcome back everybody to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I have Jasmine with me and we have been trying to do this for a long time, I feel like, and we're finally sitting down to do it. I cannot wait. Jasmine is a mom of three incredible humans. She's a registered nurse and a hormone nutritionist, and she helps women balance their hormones so that they can lose weight sustainably, regain energy, and fix their periods. She understands what it's like out there where so many women are being told that there's not much that can be done about their symptoms that they're experiencing, that it's just your age or your genes, or this is just what happens. You're a mom now. Welcome to motherhood. Everything looks good on paper. You know, your blood work is fine. This is what we're being told from doctors, right? And Jasmine, having worked in the healthcare space for over 17 years, she's here to debunk a lot of that and to prove that wrong, basically, and to help women take their power back in finding natural solutions as they learn to replenish their bodies and balance their hormones so they can feel their best. So I'm sure it's no surprise on why I brought her on, because this is literally everything I stand for as well. So thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here with you today and to chat everything hormones. Awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Because as many of you know, well, if this is your first time listening, you might not know this, but if you've listened to any other episodes, you know that if you have anxiety, your hormones are very, very, very much involved. So everything that we talk about today, even if we're not specifically saying this is for anxiety, this is for anxiety, <laughs> just so you know, because everything we, we're going to talk about for energy, weight gain, you know, perimenopause, anything like that, it's all connected to your mental health as well. So Jasmine, why don't you kick it off? Uh, give us a little bit of background. You know, what should we know about you? Yeah, totally. Uh, so like you had mentioned, um, I've been in the healthcare space for 17 years and um, my whole journey kind of started out with, you know, going to school, become a registered nurse. I wanted to help people um, and, you know, really give them to their, the tools to feel really good in their bodies. Right. And as I was kind of out in the nursing world, I kind of realized that there's a lot of Band-Aid solutions out there. You know, a lot of times medications are kind of being pushed. Right. Um, really, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, which is why I decide like I've kind of had enough of like just being in that world. Although I always like to say I appreciate nursing. I appreciate healthcare because it's very necessary at times. Um, and there's things that are very helpful. However, um, I do feel that the root causes for why women are feeling the way they're feeling is so often overlooked. Um, and I do feel that as a nurse, you know, I could only really take orders from a physician and say, okay, these are the meds you need to take. Here's your care plan. But I wasn't able to really dig deep into what was happening internally, right? So, you know, 
when I talk about root causes and, you know, maybe your listeners have heard you and others speak about this too, it really goes so much deeper, you know, gut health, what's going on with your liver, um, your nervous system, you're really breaking things down. And it's absolutely phenomenal as to the progress that women um, experience when they start digging deeper and are no longer just kind of relying on, you know, especially for kind of the field you're in with anxiety as well, right? Well, here's a medication okay, well, I don't maybe want to take that medication for the rest of my life. There's got to be a natural solution, right? So that's definitely what I stand for, um, you know, natural solutions. And, um, you know, now that I've, you know, had the experience as a nurse for so many years, I can really, really appreciate that there's so much more that can be done. And I see this all the time with my clients and it's really, it's truly phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I echo everything you just said like louder for the people in the back i cannot agree more so you're a mom of three and you did your nutrition program while still nursing right yeah your nursing job and momming so please tell us share with all the mothers listening and even if you're not a mom just a busy woman like i always say i work three jobs so i'm not a mom per se, you know, I don't, well, I'm a cat mom, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a human mom, um, but I work three jobs. And so I'm very busy. And although I know it's a little bit different because I can just close my laptop and be like, I'm done. If I absolutely have to, you know, you can't really do that with your children, but I do understand what it is like to be very busy. And you're trying to balance all the different things, your career, you want to eat well, you want to move your body, you want to do all these things. So how can moms still make changes in their health when they're working and they have two, three, four, five children to take care of and the house to take care of. Yeah. I love that question. And, um, it is so true that, you know, as moms, we're constantly on the go, you know, there's dinner to be made school, you know, lunches to be packed after school activities, um, household stuff, your job, like all these gazillion and one things, right? But I do feel that, you know, if you're someone who's really, really passionate about something that you really want to achieve, something that you've been wanting to do for such a long time, you know, it's always easier to kind of not move and not do the thing. But if you truly just kind of look deep within yourself, right, and it's something that you really want, you can absolutely work towards that. And when we kind of look at our health, right, hey, I want to feel better. I don't want to feel so anxious. I want to fix my periods. I finally want to lose that unwanted weight. I want more energy. You know, all these things that we want. I think the hardest piece sometimes is kind of like you mentioned, trying to wrap your head around, like, how do I start? Where do I even begin? Right? Because it can be very, very overwhelming. And so when I kind of think back to, I was a nurse full-time, I went to school part-time, you know, had my kids, husband, household, dog, like all these things, right? And I really think that it just comes down to focusing on improving by 1% every day. So as a hormone coach, um, what I do with my clients and what I truly believe in is not let's change your whole life overnight. Tomorrow, you're going to have a strict meal plan. You know, you have to work out 30 minutes every day and boom, 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 because it might work for a week or two, but then we're going to fall right off, right? It's really about building those habits slowly over time. I like to describe it kind of like a snowball, okay? We start off with just this teensy tiny snowball, and that snowball might begin with just focusing on our breakfast for this week, right? Making sure it's high in protein, we have some healthy fats, we have some carbs in there, and we're just going to focus that on that for one week. Okay, cool. I've achieved that five out of seven days. Cool. Let's add things and make that snowball bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And then over time, all of a sudden you go from feeling just really terrible in your body to feeling amazing, right? I love that. I've actually written a lot of posts about what I call the snowball effect. My analogy, my visual is a little different. I envision a snowball rolling down a hill. And as it goes down the hill and down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's just like you're picking up habits along the way. I love the 1% better theory. Shout out James Clear. <laughs> love his work. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> if good. nobody has read his book or his blog, or I think he even has a podcast, his work is fantastic. And either he said this or somebody else has taken, has said this, but you know, if you even building on that, if all you have in a, in let's say tomorrow or today, all you have to give today is 40%. That's all you have. You only have 40% of your energy or you're, you have to take your kids here because you're a professional chauffeur <laughs> as all parents are, right? You're basically yeah. just a chauffeur, depending on how old they are. Uh, you have to take your kids there. You have to, you know, do the laundry. You got to clean the house. You got to X, Y, Z. So all you really have to give to yourself today is 40%. But if you give 40%, then you gave a hundred percent of what Absolutely. you had in you today. And it's actually funny because in breaking up with anxiety, so my four month group coaching program, um, I have this step-by-step-by-step plan, right? And sometimes the women will come to me and they'll be like, okay, you know, I did this, uh, week one, now what? And I'm like, you just do that. Yeah. for seven days. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I'm like, no, that's the point. It's sustainable change. It's not rushing through the program. That's not going to get you to the finish line faster. What's going to get you over that finish line is actually building new habits and you don't build new habits overnight. Exactly. And I definitely agree with that. I do the same thing with my clients too, right? Really looking at, again, instead of what I feel a lot of, um, I want to say weight loss experts or gurus out there telling, you know, we got to count macros. We got to do the strict meal plan. We got to follow the strict exercise plan, but we know it doesn't last long, long term. Plus it doesn't really teach us anything, right? The way that you're approaching it, you know, and that I totally agree with is let's just um, add small changes over time and then celebrate each and every win. Even if it's just the thing that you feel is the absolute smallest thing, let's celebrate that anyway, because the more we celebrate those small things, right, the more our brain's going to pick up those things to celebrate and do more of those things. So it's, it's pretty cool how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about energy. Cause I think that's a big hurdle for a lot of women where it's like, well, I want to do all of these things, but I don't have the energy. So what are the real root causes behind low energy? Yeah, so definitely that's one of the things that um, I work with a lot of my clients on as well, right? It's like, you know, maybe, you know, having two or three kids and a job, kind of like we talked about all these things and, you know, women are feeling so tired and they kind of feel often, you know, it's, oh, it's because I'm so busy. You know, my doctor said it's normal because I'm a new mom or, you know, I often feel like there's, almost kind of like these excuses that we're trying to pull out just to kind of justify. It's like, yeah, it's okay to feel like this. Like it'll get better later kind of thing. Um, But, you know, one of the biggest reasons for why women are feeling so drained and so exhausted is because their body's just depleted, right? It's purely depleted, meaning that their body doesn't have what it requires for you to be able to keep up with the day-to-day task with, with the tasks with confidence, 
right? And I always like to say, it's like, we can't take the stress away. Like our kids are going to be here. Our job's going to be there. Our laundry has to be done. The dishes have to be washed, right? But what can I give to myself to fill my cup a little bit every single day, right? So a lot of times when we look at um, why we're feeling so exhausted, along with, you know, kind of feeling heavy, you know, tired, sluggish in our bodies, um, is simply because our detox pathways are sluggish. And that's one of the biggest things that um, I often talk about. It's like, we can't feel good if we have toxins trapped in our body, right? Chemicals, excess hormones, uh, it's just not possible. And so, you know, that's one of the really big things, the really big root causes, but so is our thyroid, our thyroid health, right? Um, when our thyroid hormones aren't functioning properly, there's just no way we're going to be able to feel energized, right? So, you know, it's really kind of digging deep into those root causes, but at the end of the day, it truly comes down to our hormones are imbalanced because of, you know, some of those underlying root causes, like our liver detox pathways are stagnant, you know, something's up with our, our thyroid health, our adrenals and so forth. Um, but really also allowing our body to release inflammation because inflammation is the key driver for imbalanced hormones, which is caused by all these other things, right? Then making us feel tired, you know, maybe experiencing heavy, painful periods, cramping, um, you know, not being able to lose weight, anxiety, all of these symptoms. So that's I'm so glad you said anxiety because I was just yes. going to say every single thing you have said so far is one of is the real root causes of why you also have chronic anxiety or an anxiety disorder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, talk a little bit about thyroid hormone testing. Yes. And how TSH is not enough yes. and how if what your doctor is running is just that mm -hmm. super basic yeah. annual blood work, yeah. uh, or even if they're doing more comprehensive blood work, how they're not actually often doing a full thyroid panel and the difference between functional ranges and lab ranges. Yeah. So essentially when we look at our thyroid, this is one of the things that I hear so often is women saying, well, my blood work looks fine. You know, I got my thyroid tested. Like there's nothing really there to see yet. You know, when we look at thyroid specifically, a lot of those symptoms that are going to pop up is absolutely fatigue, not being able to lose weight, dry skin, constipation's a big one, um, cold sensitivity, cold hand, cold, cold feet, anxiety, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what I actually do with my clients to kind of figure out what's going on with their thyroid is, yes, you know, symptom assessment, kind of see what's going on, but then taking it a step further through hair tissue mineral analysis, which is an amazing functional uh, lab test that I absolutely love, um, where we really look at the minerals, right? So for our thyroid, we're going to look at calcium and potassium ratio, specifically, of course, other minerals as well. But this is going to show us, you know, is our thyroid, um, what does, what is the capacity, right? How much energy are we losing? Um, and, you know, and many times too, again, when we kind of look at thyroid, um, even though the blood work shows, okay, things are normal, okay, yet we're still feeling lousy. And I just want to highlight this real quick, just for, you know, listeners here to kind of understand this a bit better. Blood work really just gives us a moment in time, like here's what your numbers are, which can be extremely helpful for a lot of situations. However, 
if we're still feeling lousy, we got to dig deeper. So when we do a functional hair, uh, test like hair tissue mineral analysis, we get to see what's happening inside the cells over the last couple of months, right? So here, you know, we can pick up things like what's going on with my thyroid. Then we can get very, very specific with a protocol, right? And I oftentimes talk about, and I'm sure that you 100% agree with this too, a one size fits all is never going to work because everybody is so different. Um, and then, you know, kind of digging deeper again, looking at thyroid, right? Specific things that we can then do to balance out those ratios, right? Um, yeah, those are kind of my, my thoughts on thyroid, but overall, just kind of looking at blood work in general, um, the, the reason for why women are still feeling symptoms, even though it's come back normal, is because we're not digging deeper, right? We're not seeing, getting that big picture as to what's happening um, internally. I, yeah, on a deeper level, I would say. Yeah. And what's the difference between uh, functional ranges and lab ranges? I always like asking all of my practitioner colleagues and friends this because everyone explains it a little bit differently. And I like stealing pieces from how they explain it because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of misunderstanding around this. And people get so attached to well, my blood works fine. My blood works fine. And then, um, I will, so with my clients, I'll run like a, a blood chemistry analysis, which is just a report that I create based on their blood work. Um, comprehensive blood work, not just like here are 10 markers <laughs> that my, uh, that my, uh, doctor ran that it's like putting together a 20 piece puzzle with like 10, not even like a 70 piece puzzle with like 10 pieces, you know, it, it really does not give me enough information, but I'll point them in the direction of this is where you can get prop like full and complete labs. And then I'll look at that blood work and then, you know, I'll send them their report right before we jump on the call. And then we'll jump on a call. And the first thing is always just like, Oh my gosh, like why is there so much wrong with me? And it's not that there's so much wrong, so much wrong with you. It's that, I'm looking at it through functional ranges. So what does the body need to optimally function? I'm not looking at it through lab ranges where a doctor is like, okay, this is a marker of disease. Now we're going to put you on medication or we're going to go in and cut something out. And so it can be very overwhelming when you work with a functional practitioner who does read your lab work from functional ranges, because instead of, you know, maybe with your doctor, you're getting like one or two markers out of range, you're getting a lot of markers out of range, when you're looking at it through a functional perspective. But this is just information to let you know what's going on in the body. And then you can course correct, which is the beautiful thing. So I would love to hear your thoughts and how you explain functional versus lab ranges. Yeah, totally. But one thing I just want to uh, touch on real quick when you just mentioned that, you know, women oftentimes feel like, what's, what's wrong with my body? What's wrong with me? You know, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Um, and again, this is where um, functional lab testing, kind of like we're talking about, can come in really handy, right? So specifically, when we look at thyroid health, as I mentioned, we're looking at calcium and potassium levels. That's the ratio, okay? We want the ratio to be, um, you know, the four, four to one. Okay. Now, when we kind of look at the numbers, four to um, one for calcium. Yes. Calcium yeah. and potassium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so the other thing actually that we look at too, is we're not going to just look at thyroid in isolation. We were talking about it right now. We also like have to look at other things like our adrenals and, and so forth. Um, but when we liver, kind of, what's that? The liver. Exactly. Exactly. You cannot quote unquote <laughs> balance your thyroid hormones without, you can't, 
address any of your hormones without addressing your liver. Let's just exactly. put that out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is why, you know, we kind of talked that in the be- in the beginning as well, why it's so, so important to make sure they're open, right? We can flush out all the stuff we don't want in our bodies. Um, so ideally we want it to be four, right? That, that means that the uh, thyroid is functioning as a hundred percent ideal level. Um, and we kind of, I don't want to make it too confusing with the numbers, but we get kind of worried like two to four would mean that we have like a, a mild fast thyroid activity, you know, 10 to 25% energy energy loss. And we kind of look the other way, of course, severe would be, um, you know, 32 plus, I believe that's when we have a severe low thyroid activity, tons of energy loss, um, about 75% or so. Um, and we, we kind of go through that scale, you know, higher or lower, what it ends up, what ends up happening is that, you know, we're, we're consuming all these nutrients potentially, right. To support the thyroid, but oftentimes, again, one of those underlying root causes for why, um, our thyroid's not functioning the way it needs to is because there could be an issue even with our digestion, right? Oftentimes women will say, well, I'm eating so healthy, I'm doing all the things, but potentially, you know, it's not enough of those metabolism supportive or hormone supportive foods, okay? Or our body's simply just not able to digest and break it down and then use those nutrients in order to fuel different parts in our body. So when we look at um, our thyroid activity specifically, sometimes we're losing so much energy, right? And our thyroid's kind of working overtime. Um, and what ends up happening is that we're starting to feel those different symptoms kind of, you know, as I mentioned um, earlier for reduced thyroid activity, tendency, you know, to, to gain weight, cold hand, cold cold feet, that fatigue, Um, you know, maybe also the the dry hair, uh, dry skin, constipation, that kind of thing. And then when we have an overactive thyroid, um, you know, what can happen is we can feel hyperactive, irritable, um, kind of nervous, um, you know, issues with our, our hair again, you know, our skin. And, and the interesting thing is that at the end of the day, your body is going to tell you if something's off, you're going to feel symptoms, right? Um, and I'm sure that this is kind of what, what you kind of go by as well is like, you know, your body doesn't lie. <laughs> your body will tell you right away if something's up um, through different symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not broken or out to get you. It's trying to get your goddamn attention. Yeah. <laughs> and you're ignoring it. And this isn't your fault because you have been taught and conditioned to suppress how you like to suppress symptoms. You know, growing up, my parents are very allopathic. They're kind of starting to come my way. And my dad's actually getting like super into my work, which is really Love fun. It. So I've started working with him a little bit. My mothers are like aware, but not quite there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but growing up, it was constantly like, <clears throat> you feel a certain way, you take a pill. Like that was oh my always the solution. It's like, what oh, you have a fever, you take this. Oh, you have a headache, you take this. Oh, like I had eczema. I was on steroid things. I had strep throat multiple times a year. My parents were going to my doctor, begging my doctor to take out my tonsils. He didn't. And I'm so friggin' grateful to this day that he didn't take them out. And guess what? I haven't had strep throat since like 2017. I used to get it multiple times a year. I had seasonal allergies. Don't have those Mm -hmm. anymore. As I got older and was sexually active, yeast, chronic yeast Mm -hmm. infections, Mm -hmm. UTIs, don't have those anymore. Then anxiety, depression, panic disorder. And it was constantly, here's a pill. Here's a cream. That was always the answer. And so when that's what you're exposed to growing up like me, you don't even think for one second, what's my body trying to tell me? 
your immediate response is, how do I suppress this? And then you start to listen to podcasts like this and follow accounts like mine or Jasmine's on Instagram. And then you start to hear us say over and over and over again, your body can only talk to you through the language of symptoms. It's trying to get your attention. What does this symptom mean? Right? And then you start to think, oh, you know, and this is what I always tell my clients when they're going through the breaking up anxiety group coaching program. I'm always like, if, if what, when you come out of this, obviously your anxiety has gone amazing, but what I really, really, really want you to walk away with is the understanding, like how to read your body's signals and cues and how to understand how your body communicates and what it's trying to tell you so that you can live the rest of your life in partnership with your body instead of fighting against your body. Because the Western allopathic, here's a pill for your ill, Mm -hmm. it's trying to force your body to do something. And that's either not going to work, or it's only going to work for a little bit, or it's going to work for that one symptom, and then other symptoms are going to pop up. Instead of asking your body, what are you trying to tell me? How can I help you? Yeah. And that's the thing, right? And I can agree or relate to a lot of the things you're saying. Like when I was a kid, oh my gosh, I had eczema like on my arms, the back of my knees. Like I I was actually very hyperactive. I was also very anxious. Like I had a lot of different symptoms happening as well. And kind of, you know, my my period was a struggle kind of from the get-go. And I just thought, you know, it's normal to to, miss school. And, you know, sometimes, you know, just spend a couple of days like laying on the couch, like horrible cramping and, you know, kind of being irregular and like the migraines. Like I thought all that that stuff was normal, right? And it never even occurred to me that there was something deeper going on. You know, I struggled even with, you know, acne. I'd get breakouts, right? Oh yeah, me too. I forgot that. So bad. And then, you know, when I turned... I guess I was 18, ended up going to nursing school. And during nursing school, I had gained so much weight. I was so exhausted. I felt like crap. Okay, now I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 next year. I feel the best I have, like ever. I feel strong. I feel energized. Like, and and the whole thing I always like to say, right? It doesn't come down to, oh, like I'm just gonna lose 20 pounds and then life is good. No, like let's make you actually get to a place or help you get to a place where you feel happy right? Yeah, you're going to lose weight, right? But you're also going to have incredible energy. Your periods are going to be easy peasy, comfortable. They come and go, right? You're not going to feel anxious. Like you just feel good all around, right? 98% of the time we all have our crummy days, right? But I think that's such a big um, piece of the puzzle too, kind of looking at let's stop. Let's stop the Band-Aid solutions. Let's stop the quick fixes and let's dig deep because even though it sounds overwhelming, like, oh, I got to detox my liver, my gut health, you know, look at um, my adrenals, my thyroid. Yeah, it's a lot. But when you have the information and a step-by-step understanding as to how to implement this one per- by focusing on 1% every day, it becomes easy. It becomes simple. And that's one of the things that I always like to talk about as a mom of three, right? Having a full-time um, online uh, practice, you know, with my clients as well. You know, I have a husband, a dog, as I mentioned, I'm very, very busy. It comes down to absolute simplicity. You know, I don't spend hours in the kitchen, right? Prepping these elaborate meals. It's like, okay, I have three ingredients. Let's go. Right. Oh my God. Me too. I'm like right? such a basic, boring eater. My partner always teases me and I'm just like, I just want to feel good. Yeah. And I'm so busy. And so if that means that I just build my plate with three different things. Where's the protein? Where's the veggie? And where's the bean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm fine. And you know what? It does get boring sometimes. It does. And I push through because it's more important to me how I feel than if I'm a little bit bored with what I'm eating. And it always passes. The boredom does pass. And I try to um, play around with like one different if it's a different spice or a different flavor or just like maybe go on Google for a little bit and play around with finding a different recipe. I try to do that at least once a week. I hate spending time in the kitchen, but I, I don't mind Googling recipes or my new thing is I've been asking, is it chat GBT or? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So my mom gave me, um, <laughs> anybody who's not on chat GBT, you can do so much on this thing. It's crazy. I was so resistant to it as at first, but I'm actually loving it. And do you know what I do? I use it to make me recipes. And what I'll do is I'll look at what's in my fridge or on my counter and I'll just be like, Hey, so my mom gave me after Thanksgiving, she gave me like a couple sweet potatoes, a couple white potatoes. She basically gave me the leftover veggies. We didn't cut up. There was a butternut squash and I had um, some white, I have some beans, like dried beans in my thing. And, you know, it was part of the holidays where the stores were closed. And I was like, okay, I went to chat GBT and I was like, can you make me a pureed slow cooker soup using these ingredients? And I listed out what I had on my counter, like the beans, the veggies, you know, an onion, a garlic, because I had those things. And it just pumped out a recipe for me, which is way easier than Googling. So sometimes I'll literally ask ChatGBT, I'll be like, this is what I normally eat. I'm getting a little bored. Can you offer up some alternatives, some different spices, way to spice this up, make it more interesting? Like I kind of talk to it like I would talk to a friend. I love that. Such and a it good idea. pumps up all these ideas that like you would never, Google would never do that. No. Right? So hot tip. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, I totally agree with you that um, we don't want things to get boring too often, right? So what I always say to my clients and what I do is I literally have like my top three snacks that I know I love and that my kids love. So one of them is, um, what's it called? It's like a chocolate peanut butter cookie. Takes literally seven minutes to prepare. Throw it in the freezer. They don't have to bake these guys. Throw them in the (laughs) freezer and enjoy within like 30 minutes. Easy peasy, right? Chia seed pudding, you know, put some nice berries in there, um, some cacao nibs, dress it up a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think having your favorite go-tos that take like five, seven minutes to prepare is a life savior, right? And then kind of when we talk about, well, how can I make a dinner that's going to support, you know, all these things so I don't feel anxious, so I can fix my periods, so I can lose weight, so I can feel energized. Again, keeping it simple, having a healthy fat, a protein, a carb, um, and just having your go-tos and making sure your pantry and your fridge are stocked most of the time. (laughs) And everybody already has their go-tos. Everybody Mm -hmm. already has like six to 10 meals they make on rotation. Yeah. Whether those meals are pasta, tacos, Mm -hmm. like whatever it is, you already have a routine with your meals. And so it's just breaking that routine and pulling in new meals. And I love what you said at the top of this call where it's like, let's just focus on breakfast. That's where I start with my clients always as well. It's like, we're going to focus on breakfast. We're going to get your breakfast to, you know, where we want it to be with protein and then we'll move on to lunch. But for now, just don't even worry about lunch. Let's just focus on breakfast. Right. And eventually you find something you really like, and that goes in your arsenal. 
And so everybody already kind of has this food rotation anyway. And then every now and then, yeah, you might get bored of something. And so that's why it's time to bring things in and, and play around. And, you know, a question that I get all the time is, um, what do you recommend for grab and go? Like, what are your favorite kind of grab and go foods? And my answer is things you have made that you've put in your freezer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think people don't realize because I, this was me. For the longest time, it never occurred to me to make a bunch of food. Like my slow cooker is my best friend. I use that thing multiple times a week. And it never occurred to me when I was meal prepping to take half of that stuff and put it in the freezer. Mm. So it's like meat, veggies, beans that are cooked and then put in a container and go in the freezer. I don't know why it never occurred to me. I just thought these things went in the fridge. And yeah, then totally. they went bad or you were eating the same thing constantly and you got bored. And then one of my really good friends, she was like, I just put everything in the freezer and I pull my meals out of the freezer. And then I have a selection of 10 different meals in the freezer. And I was like, what? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that is genius. <laughs> so and that's what I do now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I love how you just said to like, just pulling things in, right? I feel like oftentimes it gets overwhelming because we might feel like, oh, there's so much food I'm not allowed to eat, right? So what do I eat? So really let's focus on what you're already doing. Again, breaking it down, starting with your breakfast. And now we're going to over time, just start pulling in things while we're also being more mindful of pulling out things that are not as supportive. So I teach my clients, for example, you know, gluten, dairy, sugar, you know, cause inflammation in the body, keeping that stuff kind of low is a good idea. Um, but again, we're not going like hundred percent gluten-free. We're just going to kind of look at what can I start pulling out and what can I really add in to start balancing my hormones? Right. Yeah. 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 And Again, I'm going to give an example from ChatGBT. I'm actually just pulling it up here so I can tell you the exact words I used. So one of the things that my dad and I have, so my dad was diagnosed months ago with type 2 diabetes, and he came to me and told me this, and he was like, you know, they offered me metformin, and I was like, listen, the choice is yours. My recommendation is not to take it because you don't need it. If you're serious about looking at your diet and your lifestyle, I can help you I'm not allowed to use the word reverse. Mm. <laughs> I can help you back that up. <laughs> I can, I mean, I use that with my parents, but like legally, you know, yeah, I'm not allowed yeah. to use those words. Um, I can't use those like medical words, yeah. um, but I can help you get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is, he is now down to the insulin, um, the pre-diabetic category, which is amazing after I think it's been three or four months that we've been really working together on what he eats. Um, and it's only going to continue to improve from there. Like we're going to get him into the insulin resistant category and then he's going to be out clear and his blood sugar is going to, going to be perfect. So a, a really good example of this over the holidays, I was teaching him how to use chat for his meals because I gave him a list. I was like, this is what you can have. These are the meats, these are the veggies, these are the spices, these are the condiments. Like it's this massive list. And I'm like, this is what you can have. If it's not on this list, you cannot have it, mm. right? So he would still text me and ask me these questions, be like, can I have this? And I'm like, is it on your list? You know, but it, it was overwhelming for him, you know? And so I was like, okay, when I'm over at your place over the holidays, I'm gonna show you how to use ChatGPT. And all you have to do is plug in 
your list. It was the veggies. That part was really confusing to him because the animal protein, easy. He loves animal protein, right? So here's an example. I wrote, I typed into chat, GPT, sorry, not GBT, GPT. And I said, please give me three recipe options for boneless, skinless chicken thighs in the oven and any of the following veggies, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, green beans, onions, squash, tomatoes. You can also include cream, cheese, coconut oil, ghee, or butter, and beans. These are the sauces you, you can use. Dijon mustard, tahini paste, tamari, soy sauce, apple cider vinegar. So that's what I said. And then it pumped out three recipes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I taught him how to do this. And he's like, this is a game changer. And you can ask it, like, teach me this in the slow cooker. She's like, give me the recipe for a slow cooker. Give me this. Give me this. And it's just, it's, calm. anyway. So I, I've been meaning to do a video on this for people. Um, but, you know, Instagram, it's like you have 90 seconds to do a video. Mm, right. So now we're having this conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> so I love everything. it. Well, first off, that's amazing that your dad was able yeah. to work on that. And, and again, this is just it. Okay. So as a nurse, um, I've spent a lot of time working even with the elderly population. Okay. Some of my patients taking literally 20 plus pills a day. Okay. Of course, these poor people, they started off with probably one or two pills. And then of course, these pills are going to have side effects. They're going to cause other issues. Okay. Now we're taking four. Okay. Now we're taking eight. Oh my gosh. Now I'm on 20 pills like 10 years later. Right. And I think, um, the, the biggest piece here is that when we're on, you know, even just one medication, it suppresses other things. It causes other symptoms. So again, especially, you know, uh, talking about, let's say birth control, right? Birth control is a big thing. Like I was on birth control for quite some time too. Same. And okay. So 10, 10 years. Yeah. And so trying to come off of that, right? Bodies just feel so confused, right? Trying to figure out everything, which is one of the things that I help my clients with too. But it's like, you know, let's just, you can just take the pill, but the doctors, they don't sit down with you and explain what truly can happen, you know, what side effects, you know, which nutrients are going to be depleted, you know, it's but it's, I don't, they don't know that. They don't know. That's they, the thing. That's the like, thing. they're not like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell no. you this. No. Um, Oh man, informed consent. It's the same thing with the SSRIs, right? Like oh, yeah. the only for mental health, the only one is usually benzos. Usually if a doctor is prescribing benzos, cause there are really tight regulations around this, it's highly addictive. I would know I was addicted to it, mm. <laughs> to Ativan and getting cut off of that was not fun. Um, but usually with benzos, the doctor will use that as a last resort, or they will only give a small prescription and they will say like, these are highly, highly, highly addictive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But with SSRIs, there is no informed consent and there is definitely no informed consent with birth control. In fact, these things are pushed, pushed, yeah, pushed, yeah, pushed with no, and, and part is because the doctors don't know what this is doing to the body. It's not part of their education or training. And a lot of them, I think, not all of them, obviously, but there are definitely some that really don't think it's a big deal. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. Um, just to speak to that a little bit further too, you know, 
um, and maybe some listeners can relate to this too, maybe even waiting to see your doctor because maybe you're having troubles with anxiety. Maybe along with that, your periods are really awful. You're trying to lose weight. You're, you have all these symptoms, you're super bloated. Okay, you go see your doctor. When's the last time that your doctor sat down with you and said, hey, you know, I wonder what's going on with your gut health or with your liver health or, you know, further diving deeper than just doing a quick blood test, right? Honestly, you go into your doctor's office. I don't want to say all the time, but I want to say from my experience, the majority, you go in there, you can tell them pretty much about one problem. They send you to a specialist for this, a specialist for that. They're separating all these symptoms. Meanwhile, the body works as a system. We got to look at things holistically. Everything is connected. And again, it goes down to those root causes, which physicians, they're, they're not, they're very good at treating symptoms, but they're not good at digging deep to the whys. Right. And I think you and I can both agree on this, that 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 is a big gap. You know, when we kind of look to healthcare, you know, so many women are struggling with all these symptoms, but they keep feeling like they're either I'm being brushed off. My symptoms aren't being taken seriously. I have to now live with this because, well, this is what happens as you age or, oh, this happens because of genetics or because I'm a mom. And there's these constant excuses that are just kind of being pushed on us. Society makes us believe these are true. Right. But for the women, you know, even the listeners here, you're learning more and more about this, how to freaking empower yourself, right? There is a solution. It's just opening up your mind to it more and more and truly understanding that, again, the medical side of things, I always like to say this, it can be helpful. It can be life-saving. Absolutely. But it's not a long-term solution to feeling really freaking good in your body because no one's really looking at that stuff right? The whys. What can we do step-by-step step to replete your body, right? And, and this is why I'm so incredibly passionate about what I do because um, there's so, so much that women can do. They just need those tools 1% at a time, knowing what's happening in their bodies, you know, with their bodies specifically and nourishing themselves, right? Body, mind, soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could not agree more. Okay, I'm going to say a statement and I want you to respond. Okay. The reason that I have anxiety and have gained weight is because of perimenopause. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Short answer? No. no. <laughs> Long answer? Go. No. Okay. So I definitely feel, I'm going to just backtrack a little bit, okay? I definitely feel that we don't just wake up one day and we just wake up, oh, I've gained 10 pounds. Oh, I'm super anxious all of a sudden. Or, oh my gosh, I can't get out of bed. I'm dragging my feet. Okay. It's basically things that have been happening, our habits throughout our entire lives, right? And as women, we know like our hormones are constantly changing, right? Perimenopause, of course, you know, has its own challenges and whatnot okay, as we move into menopause. But that doesn't mean that, oh, just because I'm at that stage now, like, I'm a write-off basically, right? Because my doctors are telling me that it's normal to feel this way. Oh, I'm being offered maybe, you know, some hormone replacement therapy down there, whatever it might be, right? But again, it's not something that all of a sudden just happens. It's because of things that have been happening or things that we've been doing over the years, okay? Meaning that, again, we're kind of in that position where we then often feel, well, this is just kind of what happens. 
But it is so amazing that, you know, once you give your body what it needs, you can absolutely feel freaking incredible through perimenopause, menopause. You can feel awesome when you're 70. Like seriously, you get to choose how you feel. So yeah, I think essentially what it what it comes down to is women recognizing that it doesn't take this huge thing that we have to change all at once, kind of like we talked about earlier, but kind of just taking a few steps back and kind of looking at what those small things are that we can do so that we can thrive through all stages of life. Again, let's support the body. Let's balance those hormones, replete the nutrients, right? Support gut health, do all the things in small steps so that we can feel good even when, you know, we go through those different stages of of womanhood. (laughs) That's literally my goal right now is I'm like, I'm going to crush perimenopause. Like I'm going to have the best fucking perimenopause. I'm so excited. And I'm, I'm, so I'm 33. I'm a little ways away, but around 35, 36, if you aren't already paying attention Mm -hmm. to the influence that your diet and lifestyle choices has on your hormones, then come 35, 36, I tell my client, my clients who are under this age, I tell them like, if you're not getting serious now about lifting weights, going out yeah. for your daily walks, eating enough protein, supporting your gut health, really supporting your liver. If you're not serious about those stuff, those things now, you better get serious about it at 35, 36, or you will yeah. have some bumps in perimenopause. And I mean, in a perfect world, everyone's just serious about this stuff their whole life. <laughs> Ideally, what I mean. <laughs> but there's, and it's from a lack of education, right? Yeah. Like women have no idea. Most women don't even understand. Like I remember when I was in school, I was 25 and I was learning for the very first time how my hormones work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I didn't know that we had a follicular phase and, and you know, we ovulated and then a luteal phase. I didn't know that you could only get pregnant yeah. <laughs> like five, like, you know, six days out of the month. I didn't know anything. Nobody teaches this stuff though. Like, no, like nobody teaches us this in sex ed. We don't, no. we're not taught this in biology class in, in high school. And even then it's like, it's optional, isn't it? Like after grade nine or something like that. Mm. I didn't know anything about how my female body worked until I was 25. And I was pissed. Mm. Like I was sitting in class. First of all, I was really freaked out about what I was learning about birth control, because at that point I had been on birth control for almost 10 years and I was like freaking out because I had anxiety. <laughs> so I was like freaking out. And I was also just so mad. And, you know, funny story. Of, so I have a new family doctor. My family doctor retired. And we really clashed after I went to school for a holistic nutrition. Mm. And actually, when I wanted to come off the birth control pill, he was like very unsupportive not that it was his choice at all and I originally switched to the IUD and then I came off the IUD and he was like grilling me in his office and he was like well what are you gonna do for birth control and I was like I'm natural birth control I'm gonna track you know my basal body temperature I'm gonna track my mucus the position of my cervix like I'm gonna like really understand my body and you can only get pregnant you know, a few days anyway, and I'm going to abstain or do other stuff, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I'm so sassy. Like, and so I was like literally saying that to him. He was like, well, what if you get pregnant? And 
I was like, that that's none of your business, first of mm. all, you know, but uh, I'm very confident in everything I know in my education. Not that to say like, oh, like I'm not, you know, I might never get pregnant, but I felt very confident in the tools and resources that I had. And so anyway, that's not what I was going to say. So I have a new family doctor. And when I was sitting down with him, I was giving him my whole health history. And I was telling him, you know, I used to have an anxiety disorder, panic disorder, depression, clinical depression. I was heavily medicated. I was on like this dosage of Prozac. I was addicted to Ativan. I was telling him everything. And, um, and he was so impressed. He was like, you don't have any of that anymore. And I was like, no. And he was like, you're not on any medication. I was like, no. And I was like, I used to have eczema. I used to have seasonal allergies, you know, acne. Acne is still something that I'm working on. Um, but like, it used to be like cystic, like really bad. And I was like, no, none of those things. And he was like, how did you do that? And I was like, you know, gut health, balancing my hormones, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, how did you balance your hormones? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what do you mean? You know? I supported my gut health. I looked at like my lifestyle and I started telling him, you know, liver support. And he was just like, huh? <laughs> like you could tell he was just entertaining me. Like he was, he was very nice about it, Yeah. but like his fate, like when I said balance hormones, he literally was like without birth control. I was like, mm-hmm. love he it. was like, Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you know, I think it depends on the physician too, because I agree. Like there's some physicians that'll be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like they don't at all agree. Right. It's almost like it's this clashy vibe, but then yeah. there are some that might be kind of a little bit more supportive, but again, it, it's not because they, it's just, they don't have the knowledge. Right. And again, kind of going back to what you were saying, you know, how you got off all these medications, which is really, really awesome. I'm so like just excited for you, you know, that you feel so good and you don't need any of that stuff. And again, it was because you decided to take control, like enough of the Band-Aid solutions that aren't helping me. Like I'm going to dig deep to figure out what's happening and I'm literally going to heal my body, right? And now you're thriving. So that's amazing. And now you get to help other women do the same, which is phenomenal. I love it so much. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Let's wrap it up with this question. So I would love for you to give your top five tips. It doesn't have to be in order of importance because I know that's not possible (laughs) to to do things in order because it's all important. And I know there's going to be more than five tips, but for anybody listening to this podcast, that's like, okay, I need to take action, but I have no idea where to start. What would be your top five tips for busy moms who are looking to boost their energy, lose weight, and release their anxiety? Okay. So I would definitely say one of the, my first one is a very, very simple one. Takes a few minutes. Deep breathing. Deep breathing at the beginning of your day to start. Every day, no matter how you feel. Every day, no matter what. If you feel good that day, do it anyway. (laughs) Deep breathing, honestly, just feels so good. So, so good. Okay, so deep breathing. Start your day with that. Number two, have a freaking nourishing breakfast. Don't skip breakfast, right? If you're not hungry right now, start small. Have like half a banana and some almonds, like something. Work towards a really protein-packed breakfast. Um, The third thing I would say is play around with herbal teas. Herbal teas are awesome for digestion, okay? Awesome for 
um, calming anxiety, right? There's different kinds of teas you can try out. Um, there's even teas, you know, helping with metabolism boost, like green tea, for example. So play around with an, with an herbal tea. Do you have a favorite? I have a t- my I have a ton of teas. I, <laughs> I know I have an entire shelf. Chamomile, like <laughs> I know. green tea. There's so many. I really okay. Like what the- are your top three faves? I love mixing turmeric with ginger. Mm-hmm. Then I have a tea. It's a lavender chamomile, Ooh, and then that. green tea. Those are my top three. I would say. Oh, but then okay. there's a detox tea that I really love too. <laughs> so there's a lot. <laughs> um, I know it's so hard. Like if I had to pick, if somebody was like, you can only pick one herb that you want people mm. to drink, which is just impossible. But let's say theoretically, it would be nettle, like mm. a nettle tea. Yes. I have nettle tea as well at the back. Oh, I bet I you do. Okay. Love it. Um, I think that was three things. Then I would highly recommend trying to move your body any way that you can. Ideally outside, fresh air if possible. If you're not moving a whole lot right now, or let's say you move a ton because you're chasing your kids all day, move your body in a gentle way that makes you feel good away from everybody else. <laughs> I think that would be a good one. I, think I that love would- that distinction because I work with a lot of moms who... yeah are chasing their kids every day. And it's so funny because they'll be like, I just crush my steps. You know, I get like 10,000 steps, no problem because I'm running around after my kids and I'm like, perfect. So you need to do something more restorative. That's mommy time. Like don't be chasing your kids all day and then going to a spin class every day. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely not going to help if you have anxiety. Exactly. So I love that you had that distinction. Yes. Um, And then the final thing I think would be just trying to be consistent with meals. And I think that it can be tricky at first, but ideally you want to get to a place, what I tell my clients anyways, for most people, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack is kind of a good place to be. Um, But just making sure that you're not going like hours and hours and hours without food, making sure you fuel yourself regularly. I feel like those are like the top ones that kind of Mm -hmm. come to mind. And to be more specific, and let me know if you agree or disagree, I say three to five hours in between Mm -hmm. meals, no longer than five. Um, uh, Unless, of course, you're sleeping (laughs) and you're doing your overnight fast, which is you're asleep, you know, um, kind of thing. Do you have a preference for when the snack is? I usually say an afternoon snack Mm -hmm. because... I feel that, and again, it depends on the person, right? But usually, you know, if the breakfast is really power, you know, protein packed, you know, you're eating breakfast at like eight o'clock or whatever, you have your lunch around 12, uh, usually the afternoon is a pretty good place, I think, for most people. Yeah, and it would help with blood sugar regulation too, like especially if you're getting that two o'clock, three o'clock dip. Um, You know, somebody actually asked me not uh, the other day, uh, they, they were like, do you recommend snacking? Or what kind of snacks do you recommend? And I'm like, there's not a black and white answer for this, unfortunately, because it depends on where you are in your cycle. So if you're in the follicular phase of your cycle and you're not on any hormones or anything like that, then birth control, anything like that, then you aren't as hungry. You're more hungry in the second half of your cycle in the luteal phase. So you could do just three meals in the follicular phase and no snacks if your meals are high in protein, high in fiber, high in fat. All of if you're hydrated enough, depending on what's going on with the mineral balance in your body, like there's so many factors here that determine if you need a snack or not, uh, and what kind of snack. Like Mm -hmm. nutrition is never going to be black and white. It's always going to be we have to customize it 
to the person, but um, I do tend to agree if we are just throwing out generic kind of general tips, which is obviously the only thing that we can do on podcasts yes. and our social media, <laughs> um, then I also would say around like two, three o'clock and make it like a nice high protein snack um, because it helps stabilize your blood sugar and it's going to help with sleep later as well. And I think too, just to another point here look real quick is you need to just listen to your own body, right? Because as you mentioned, as we go through the different phases in our cycle, like I naturally feel more hungry closer to my period. I just mm-hmm. feel like, oh my gosh, I could eat like a giant bowl of pasta right now, right? Just like, I am so hungry. So just listen to your body and try to be conscious of the choices you're making, right? Making sure that you have the specific nutrients that your body wants based on the cycle or the, or the phase you're in. But again, we don't need to become obsessed over it or like hyper-focus on it. It's just more like a gentle guide to help support us through that, right? Um, but yeah, listening to our bodies, I think, is, is what we need to do to be able to, at the end of the day, get to where we want to be, where we feel really good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Jazz, for this chat. So good. So many great takeaways for low energy, weight loss, anxiety, busy moms. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can connect with you, and all of this will be linked in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Tay. This was a lot of fun. It was awesome chatting with you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Blackwood Nutrition. Um, I post on there, you know, every day, most days. I think that's, yeah, that's the place I'm at. There's no other place. Yeah. <laughs> that's just go there. Just go there. <laughs> go there. You can find me. And I, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality. And there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action. And the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.